0: including entrepreneurs, authors, Olympians, politicians, billionaires, Nobel Prize winners, TED speakers, celebrities, astronauts, and more. Inspirational guidance, practical advice, and concrete solutions. Our 15-minute Power Chat starts now.
1: Welcome to the third episode of 5 Questions with Dan Shawbell. As your host, my goal is to create the best advice from the world's smartest and most interesting people by asking them just five questions. My guest today is Warren Professor and number one New York Times bestselling author, Adam Grant. Adam was born in West Bloomfield, Michigan and grew up in the suburbs of Detroit, aspiring to be a professional basketball player. While attending college, he worked as a professional magician. Upon graduating, he became an assistant professor of organizational behavior at the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. Two years later, he was hired as an associate professor at the Wharton School of the University of Pennsylvania, where he eventually became the youngest tenured professor at age 28 and rated the best teacher by students from 2011 to 2017. Adam wrote his first book, Give and Take, back in 2013, which became a major bestseller then he followed up with two additional books, including Originals and Option B, which he co-authored with Sheryl Sandberg. Today, he's the host of the TED original podcast, Work Life with Adam Grant, curator of the Next Big Idea Club, columnist at Esquire, and he serves on the Lean-In Board and the Defense Innovation Board at the Pentagon. This is my fourth interview with Adam since 2013, and I view him as a mentor and one of the rare people that everyone unanimously loves and says positive things about, especially my friends. You've said that your favorite thing is being a Wharton professor. How do you balance your time between that, writing, podcasting, advising, and speaking?
2: <laughs> what, what in the world is balance? I don't know. I hope to figure it out one day. No, Dan, I think I think balance is a myth, actually. You know, at least at the level of a day, I feel like my best days are wildly out of balance. And I guess that's that's what's worked for me best over time is, you know, I I try to have a day that's on campus every week where I'm totally immersed with students. And then I have another day where I'm working from home and just writing. And then I've got a day where I'm just with my family. And I, I feel like alternating between being out of balance in each of those things keeps them in balance together.
1: When it comes to networking, the most common frustration people share with me is that they don't know what to give to others. How would you respond to this?
2: Well, I don't think you have to be a fortune teller, right? So I wrote a whole book, give and take, about, you know, the the unexpected benefits of helping others. And probably the, the biggest takeaway for me is that givers spend way more time than takers trying to figure out what other people need. Uh, and that, that doesn't mean guessing, right? It means actually asking, hey, Dan, what are you working on? What are the, the biggest challenges that you're facing right now? Uh, what's, what's the one request that, you know, if, if somebody could help you fulfill it, it would make your day? And the more you learn about what people need, the easier it is to figure out how to step up. I think that most of us think too narrowly about what we can give. So, you know, there's, there's obviously, you know, you can give your, your time, your skills, your expertise, emotional support, but you can also share your network, right? One of the most powerful ways to give is to make an introduction between two people who could benefit from knowing each other, but haven't yet been in touch. And, you know, I think beyond that, there's also just giving your attention, right? Listening might be the most powerful form of giving that you could offer to another person.
1: How do you personally decide whom to do favors for and whom to avoid since you're always being asked for help?
2: Well, I, I, I used to just say yes to everyone who asked. And after doing this over and over again, my wife started saying, "Why are you helping that person? You only hear from them when they want something. And you know, eventually I realized, gosh, I, I study this stuff. I write about it. If somebody has a history or a reputation of selfish behavior, then I'm not going to go out of my way to help them unless they're committed to paying it forward in some way. And so I, I have a little test, which is you know, if somebody asks me for help and you know I have some doubts about them from experience or reputation, then I will help them. And then I'll follow up by asking them to help someone else or better yet, I'll invite someone else to ask them for help and see if they follow up. But if they don't, then I'm a lot less motivated to help.
1: Where do your most creative and best ideas come from?
2: All right. So when I was in grad school, I was interested in the dynamics of, of generosity. And you know, the dominant assumption that pretty much everyone I talked to held and that I read about in all the social science was reciprocity is the law of a great society. You know, I'll do something for you. If you do something for me, it's a great way to, to play it safe and you know, make sure you have good, balanced relationships. And then I had this experience where I was working on a paper, and I sent it to a, a classmate for feedback. Uh, it was a little bit outside my area of expertise, and so it was right in his. And three days later, he sent me about a page of detailed comments, and they were extremely insightful, and I was thrilled. except then there was a note at the bottom that said, "I've attached a paper on my own. You have three days to give me feedback." And I felt like I was going to vomit. <laughs> and I would have I would have been perfectly happy to help him but there was something about it was so transactional that you know he felt like I owed him an equal and opposite favor that you know that perfectly mirrored exactly what he had done for me it just completely extinguished my motivation to help and that experience led me to to ask okay you know is is this idea of trading favors of, of being what I've called a matcher rather than a giver or a taker uh, is, that, is that actually the most productive way to, to manage a relationship? And I decided the answer was a definitive no.
1: What are your top three pieces of career advice?
2: Okay, my first piece of career advice is that I think networks are invaluable, but networking is overrated. That one of the most effective ways to to build a great network is actually to do great work. So, you know, if there are people you want to meet, you can produce something creative, you can go out of your way to try to help them get something done, but if you show off your skills first, instead of, you know, having to, to just build a connection based on no substance, you've actually proven that, that you have value to offer. And so, you know, I think we, we probably spend too much time networking and not enough time working. Second piece of career advice is be a giver, not a taker. You know, I've I've found over and over again that whether you're an engineer or a salesperson or a physician or a teacher, if if you want to be successful in your career, in the long run, you're better off helping other people with no strings attached. And, you know, in the short run, that can be pretty inefficient, but over time it means that you develop stronger relationships and you also end up learning a bunch of things that you wouldn't have ever really picked up because the time you spend solving other people's problems actually gives you knowledge and skills to solve your own problems. And then the third piece of career advice is to stop asking people for career advice, because the odds are that uh, most people's experiences are, are pretty idiosyncratic, and the guidance they offer might even backfire for you. I think it's much better to learn from your own experience and figure out what's what's been effective for you. And then, you know, of course, try to avoid stepping on the landmines that other people can point out. But I, I think we, we probably overinvested in career advice from other people whose, whose lives may or may not be relevant to ours.
1: Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom, Adam. To follow his journey, be sure to check out his books, Give and Take, Originals, and Option B, and tune into his TED original podcast called Work Life with Adam Grant.